Yo, what's good, y'all? My name is Chris Shreve, a.k.a. C. Shreve, the professor. Welcome once again to an episode of Who Needs a Classroom podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us once again. If you've been here before, if it's your first time, uh, please subscribe and join us again every week. Um, today, we're going to talk about obstacles and constraints. And much like many of the things we discussed previously, a lot of the way we view obstacles or things in our way and the way we view constraints or things that limit us, um, the way we view them, our perspective, determines uh, much of what the outcome will be. So we'll talk a lot about how you can kind of shift that perspective maybe towards a direction that's more empowering or that helps you, you know, get over that hump, so to speak. Okay, so uh, easy point of reference, I think, first of all, um, for me, in thinking of obstacles is to think of a physical obstacle. Um, my undergraduate education was largely in things like exercise science and, and health-related things. And when you look at exercise science or, or training um, or conditioning of the body, um, so something like resistance training or strength training or any type of a conditioning kind of program for a, you know preseason or postseason or something with athletes, um, you're having folks, you know, think of like a, a bench press. You're having folks oftentimes, you know, push up until their limit and then, you know, kind of play with those limits. Like see if you can, you know, okay, let's, we know you have this max. Let's use, you know, a 60% or a 70% or an 80% and then create some reps around that that, that, um, that push you to your limits and beyond. And then you're able to rise above that. And then when you, you know, kind of go up that, then you're stronger at the end. You know, we did this with sprint training. We would do, you know, incline sprints like hills or stadium runs, those type of things. You're literally running, you know, uphill. It's an uphill battle, so to speak. I'm not even so to speak. It's literally one. And as you get stronger at that, as your hips and your knees and your ankles and your core and everything is able to explode more in kind of this 45-degree angle, next thing you know, that applies to your running form. Next thing you know, when you remove the resistance, lo and behold, you're stronger and faster. So athletic conditioning and, you know, resistance training has a lot of this idea of obstacles and, and constraints. You know, can you do a squat, you know, with a narrow stance um, and maybe a, a parallel hold? Um, can you do, you know, bench press with, you know, maybe a stop and stab variation? Can you do things that are they're totally different that have a constraint to them so that you can, you know, get stronger through that, that kind of that restriction? So I think in the, in the, the, kind of place I come from of athletic training or of kind of that fitness and exercise science background that I have, that, that makes a lot of sense to me of, of how, you know, rising and you know, to a challenge or overcoming an obstacle makes you stronger in the long run. Um, but we're not always talking about sports, right? Sometimes the obstacles in your life aren't just, you know, a mountain. Sometimes it's, it's a little different than that. Sometimes the constraint isn't just a certain style of squat. It's it's something you know much different than that. It's maybe you feel like you can't, you know, you have to work this 60 hours per week and you have to also provide this for your kids. And you have, you know, the constraints are very, very real. And those obstacles can definitely feel insurmountable. So I think I kind of wanted to frame this in the context of of kind of, you know, COVID and 2020 and, and the pandemic because we have all kinds of obstacles and constraints all around us. But the reason I started with kind of the sports one is that this is a point of reference for, you know, think of Rocky, think of him running in the morning and, you know, um, punching the, you know, and, and the meat lockers, hitting the meat and kind of getting used to, you know, just, you know, these different situations that are out of the norm, you know, running through the snow and just all these crazy kind of 
um, these constraints or these obstacles or this this resistance that you have to overcome, and then you end up stronger. So I think if you have any point of reference for sports or for this idea of training, you'll get this idea that, okay, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger kind of thing. So if I can get through 2020's madness, if I can somehow learn the skills and adapt, then I will be stronger in 2021 and, and all those type of things. So I think the sports idea is helpful a little bit for me. Um, when, from a totally different perspective, when you look at art or when you are working on, on your craft, whether that's, you know, that doesn't have to necessarily be art, that could be, you know, you making, you know, uh, making tables, it could be you, you know, working on mountain bikes, what, you know, whatever your craft ends up being, um, sometimes having less options is actually helpful. Sometimes when you decide, you know, this is my saw, this is my sander, or I use this for, for this specific use. Sometimes having that constraint, you know, someone, if you work at a shop and they tell you you have to, you know, have this build in this certain kind of set of limitations, sometimes that actually makes you rise to the, the challenge in a different way. Um, because for whatever reason, you can kind of do the less is more thing. I have less options. Okay, let's do more with it. And so constraints from an art perspective oftentimes, you know, really lead us to kind of some breakthrough moments, you know, how would somebody convey this level of artistic beauty through just, you know, just pen and ink or through graphite or through, you know, certain basic medium that from the perspective of somebody who uses graphic design and the latest, you know, software, it seems maybe may very rudimentary, but yet the masterpiece is undeniable. So constraints can, much like the obstacles, can help you to rise above sometimes. Um, so I think the question kind of becomes for you in your in your day-to-day operation and in in your life, how can you flourish within the constraints you have? How can you rise to the challenge of some obstacles or maybe in some cases choose, you know, if you're choosing between a couple of different mountains to climb, pick the right one for you or or is this obstacle, is this path, this rocky road, is it really worth going? Is that if it has a comparable um, one over here, and maybe that makes more sense in light of what's happening in our kind of new world of 2020, then, you know, maybe that's a better choice. But, you know, how can you flourish? How can you, you know, um, how can you find a way to flip this kind of disadvantage into an advantage for yourself? You know, if, if you have this limitation, can you rise above it? It's kind of the simplest thing. Uh, one way I think of with kind of limitations in a flip, a kind of a simplest level is kind of the, the hip-hop producers of maybe the mid-'80s uh, when samplers were so limited. I mean, I've got, you know, SP404 here that almost has kind of unlimited sample time. I could put a whole set on each pad and, and could cue them up individually so could rock a whole, you know, full-length set with these quote-unquote samples but are actually these huge spots because the memory is just more available now. It's just There's a larger kind of slot for, for the sample to go. But if you look at like an SP1200 or... I don't know, maybe the early NPCs, I mean, you might be at under a second of sample time or 1.4 or something. I'm not even, you know, with, I don't even produce on those. So I'm not as, as, uh, as up on those limitations as, I, as maybe I should be to even discuss them. But the limitations were very much there and resulted in a creativity that might not have otherwise if you had a full 60-second type limit or 20-second or even 5-second or 10-second. If you're limited to, you know, under a second or 1.2 seconds, what would you do with that? How would that change your approach to flipping samples? Because obviously it would be different. You couldn't just lazily loop um, an eight-second bit and just keep keep that rocking. It's not going to work. So 
um, I think when I think of that, of kind of the beginnings of hip hop, that's a classic exercise in um, how obstacles and constraints can can equal greatness. Um, so kind of think of hip hop itself. Think of you know DJs learning to extend the break. That is taking this constraint. I love this four second, eight second, six second part, and I want to rap on that whole thing. And this DJ has allowed that to happen by, you know, with two of the same record, flipping the break back and forth and just keeping it going, taking this this tiny constraint and then extending it and then kind of birthing an entire culture out of that. Think of, um, you know, graffiti from the same mindset. Think of um, the producers digging in the crates. That's, you know, okay, I don't have many as, as, as many samples to pull from as I might, but my mom's got these records in the back. Let's, let's pull from those. And then... You know, again, constraint on constraint on constraint, and next thing you know, you have this vibrant culture that is, you know, influences the entire world, and that comes from constraint. I mean, graffiti is kind of by definition, um, you know, we live in a place of of decay and and a place that's not getting the attention or the services or resources that it needs. Well, instead of looking at this ugly wall over here, I'm gonna paint it up. I'm gonna find a way to kind of flip it and, and make some art out of that, and. Maybe my the the tools I use will be very simple, like a spray can, but um, or maybe I just put it on a train, and maybe that train can go over the city. And next thing you know, huh? My tag is famous, and that's me. So I'm famous all over the city. So these are from very very simple kind of constrained circumstances, um, and and obstacles. You know, financial means. Um, you know, think of go watch. Uh, I think which documentary that's on um, about kind of the New York City blackout and then how all of a sudden DJ equipment is so much more available. The constraint before that was cost. There was no way you were going to get a full setup of 1200s and a mixer and the whole nine if, unless you had, you know, the means. And so then with the blackout and some of the looting that occurred, all of a sudden folks and the streets were kind of flooded with DJ equipment. And so hip hop groups were much more common after that. So that's kind of an example of a before and after of a huge constraint before and after kind of the floodgates being let open once that constraint was kind of removed or maybe not removed, but changed, altered. The landscape was vastly altered. So, um, <clears throat> again, these are kind of my references because sports are part of my background. Hip hop is something I do now. Um, constraint and obstacles are something I've, I've learned to be okay with. Uh, failure is something that's going to happen. You just got to, you know, get up that sixth time after you're knocked down five type of deal. Um, you, know, you have to find a way. If you really want it, you're going to have to find a way. So uh, I'll leave you with this last one. Um, one of the things I'd, I like to do sometimes for exercise these days is, is mountain biking. And one of the ideas in mountain biking is kind of, I don't know quite the way to frame it, um, like verbally, so to speak. I bet they have a phrase for it. But I don't ride with that many people and no trail speak. But essentially it's kind of, I was always almost going to say like leaning into it. But it means, kind of what I was going to say was, if I'm riding the hill, I should kind of get out ahead of it as opposed to letting the, the mountain kind of beat me up and kind of just, oh, man, this is such a hard, hard hill to climb, as opposed to that I should attack it and kind of really lean into it and, and go up the hill a little, maybe a little faster than I want to. But that'll actually kind of, in my experience, ends up helping you to kind of have a better mechanical advantage than you would have if you were just barely getting by and struggling, especially on a, a hill or a good climb. You, if you're kind of behind it, then you're, it feels like you're playing catch up. Your legs are tired. It, it doesn't feel the same. But when you can get, kind of get out in front of it and you're really kind of charging, you're kind of just whipping the hill's ass. Um, that's kind of the ideal scenario. So sometimes lean into the obstacle. Kind of 
say, all right, I'm going to beat this thing. You know, this is my last semester and I've got to do this. I got to defend um, my thesis. I got to, you know, do all these different things at one time. All right, I'm going to rise to the challenge. Sometimes you really lean into it. If you do that, that helps you to kind of have a power that you might not have had otherwise. So sometimes look at the obstacle and however you got to break, if you got to break it down step by step, if you got to look at it as, you know, just kind of help yourself to realize how bad you want that goal and that's part of it or, you know, whatever way you got to kind of, you know, create this perspective in your mind, but find a way to lean into it, realize the constraints. Yeah, they limit you, but you can you can rise above. You can, you know, find a way through even to kind of break the rules or move within the rules or, you know, find a way to to do it in a way you hadn't even imagined before. So um, you're gonna face obstacles, you're gonna be constrained in life, but the way you see them and the way you're able to rise to the challenge and move accordingly is really gonna determine how much impact and how much they decide where you go. Um, they can totally impact it, but it's still on you as far as where you go. So um, the things in our life, you know, if you were you know, a new graduate in 2020, if you're a new mom in 2020, if you're newly unemployed in 2020, whatever the new scenario, or, or if you're still in the old scenario, but it's this new normal because you're a healthcare provider and, and you have to keep on working, whatever the scenario is, find somehow to lean into it as opposed to kind of resisting and falling back and kind of being drug along. If you're barely kind of hanging on, it's just, it seems like it's even harder when I've been tired on the trail and I'm trying to get up this hill, it's not happening sometimes. It's like you got to kind of have your mind out in front of it and realize I have control of the situation. And so my intensity can help to determine where I'm going. So hope you are doing well. Uh, hang in there. Uh, 2020 is almost, almost over. Uh, the Supreme Court just shot down Trump's um, shenanigans bid um, for, you know, to try to overturn, what, 7 million votes more than that. Um, so hopefully some of the nightmare of that presidency is behind us uh, shortly or soon. Um, but for right now, we got to tough it out just a little bit longer. Uh, take care of you and yours if you're traveling here on these holidays. I'll catch y'all again next week. Who needs a classroom? You do. I do. We all do. Peace, y'all.